Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for joining us wherever you are around Australia, around the world. Really do appreciate the time you take out of your day, your monthly week to tune into a couple of golf tragics talking about their love of golf. And we hope that you love your golf too. Of course you do if you're listening to us. We've got a lot to talk about this week. There's so much going on as there is always in the world of golf. Right now we're in the midst of the Sandbelt Invitational put on by the Jeff Ogilvy Foundation. It's a day two, a cracking tournament, been down there on the ground, but there's a heap more to talk about. Let's bring Scott in. Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for making us the choice of your podcastmanship. Uh, how are you, mate? You well? Oh, good. Thanks, Roscoe. Yeah, thanks for having me back, mate. Good to be here. Um, absolutely tons to talk about this week in golf. Hasn't it been a, a huge news week? But um, yeah, and, and kind of, I guess, getting a little bit cleansed with the Sandbelt Invitational, which is nice. Uh, first thing we need to clarify, is there such a word as podcastmanship? Uh, maybe that's a bit, no, podcast personship. Thanks for your podcast personship, um, to be correct. Uh, yes. It's Whatever cra- it is, it's an honour. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you very much for coming back. Uh, it's crazy. It's like, it's the gift that keeps on giving this game of golf. Uh, some positive, some not so positive. Uh, yep. You know, a lot of chatter around the world of, you know, the professional game, yeah. the professional game of golf, where is it at? Is it something that we still want to watch and enjoy? Are we going to be able to enjoy it? Because we don't exactly know really with a whole heap of clarity what next year still it's looks like. Um, yeah. What we yeah. do but what we do know is the big Rambo is PGA Tour, Hasta La Vista, Live Golf, all our seniors. All our seniora and senorita. Um, yeah. Crazy, I know. Which is a big turnaround, isn't it? Well, it's a big, a big shift in, in in his approach. Like he's been one of the most um, vocal from the early days, pledging his fealty and commitment to the PGA Tour. Um, you know, he's been very outspoken about not liking the format. Uh, he he said at one point it wasn't serious golf or it wasn't you know um, true golf. Uh, so he doesn't like the three days, and you know he doesn't really like the music um, being played in the background. So. He's done a pretty big flip on those kind of statements um, and now signed on on the bottom line. I think at one point Roscoe even said no amount of money would change his decision. So um, they obviously found that amount of money uh, to flip that decision. And like, oh, you know, I'm not going to criticise him for uh, taking the pile of cash, um, but, you know, yeah, it's been a big a big flip on his uh, point of view on, on a lot of the features of it. So I don't know. Well, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't have missed, you know, the replays of, you know, the the Twitterati or the Exorati, you know, replaying John's clips saying that he's not for it. But uh, clearly, you know, when he got rolled out in the Liv Letterman jacket, which he was absolutely shellacked for as well uh, with uh, the shark. Which I actually didn't mind. I thought it was, that, you know, that was okay. So, yeah, <laughs> but wearing it on Fox News, like seeing him on Fox News in that Letterman jacket and... And parroting the uh, the talking points was was a little hard to swallow, but yeah, yeah he did, he did get pizzled in a number of formats uh, forums, um, absolutely. But 
but you're right, you know, and, and the, the thing is for me is, is you, you know me, I've always been, I, I love golf and I'll watch it in. Money. <laughs> uh, look, okay. if, if live what us, um, yeah. you know, I'm going to just speak on both our halves. If for 400 million, you can have big us. announcements coming, Roscoe. You never know. Well, well, no, we're actually out. We're already out. Before we even get in and joke about it, we're out because Live Golf have launched their own bloody podcast. Everyone wants to do a podcast oh, now. Oh, yeah, that's a fair way to heaven. That's so, right. Exactly. And it's ranking really high, highly, of course, if you've got John Rahm on your team coming on as your first special guest, you, you would rank highly. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was going to say, as, as you know me, I, I'm, I haven't been the Live detracting side as some points mm. of golf uh, fandom have been, golf media has been. Uh, I see I see the challenges and all the stuff that we've spoken about many times before. But it's golf, it's good players, it's a format that I can watch and and it's okay. And I went and I enjoyed it and it was good and I was one of the 75,000 Australians that turned up and said, this is a pretty, pretty fun weekend. Um, yep. I've watched PGA Tour, not as much as, you know, many of the dyed-in-the-wool PGA Tour fans, but enough, yep. enough to get on and, and blether away about it. It's it's where is where is this you know golf going and and there's this June six you know discussion that you know the PIF wanted to have an alignment with the PGA Tour has that validated yeah. John Rahm and who knows else who knows who else sorry uh, yeah is who else potentially going to join there's still spots available there's the John Rahm team spots to fill and some yeah. other you know vacancies that aren't going to be filled by the live promotions has yep. it has it validated that and has it made it somewhat Okay, to take four hundred million and go and play. Potentially, we don't. Oh well, how many rounds in Spain are they going to have? They got one or two rounds in Spain. Um, yeah, I think they've got uh, they've got the Andalusia um, round in Spain, but I think he's also talked about wanting to play the the DP um, tour events in Spain um, and get all the live players back there. But yeah, I don't know. You know, you got to wonder: is this a is this being part of the negotiation? Is this like a power play from Liv to try and put pressure on the PGA Tour? Um, like, if John Rahm really believes that the tours are going to come together um, after you, you know in the coming weeks or months, then or or you know year or whatever, like is he is he just taking the big pile of cash because he knows he's going to play the PGA Tour soon anyway? Or he, he you know kind of hoping for that to happen? I mean, surely there's clauses in the contract there, Roscoe, that we're never, ever going to know about. But, um, you know, no one's ever confirmed the number, but let's say it's five, six hundred million that people have talked about. You know, if if they make an agreement by the 31st of December and they're all playing on the same tour by July next year, I can't imagine he's going to get that full whack of, uh, full whack of money, um, like a little payday and then get back on the tour or, or you know, be able to play the events that he wants to play. But, um but what's yeah. that, what's the story with? Uh, I haven't read the detail, uh, but mm. it's because only just come past my eyes half an hour ago. Um, he's been suspended from the PGA Tour as a member. So is that just yep. part of the process that they have to go through before you know they come back? Why would they? You know, yeah, like, is, I guess uh, it's just uh, part uh, of the process. Yeah, I think um, they've got to stay in line with the uh, the action that they took for the other players that moved to live. So suspended him. Um, I think they were trying to work out as well uh, the the standings for next year. So so none of his points for the previous year will stand. So he comes out of those those standings, and then everyone shuffles up 
one. So Mackenzie Hughes actually benefits enormously out of this. So he goes up to the 50th um, spot. So he's now got access. He's got a spot in all of the elevated events. So um, so that's huge for Mackenzie. Um, and then a couple of a couple of other guys, you know, further down at the 75 and top 125 number that uh, get elevated um, up and get access to different events. But yeah, Mackenzie Hughes is the big winner on the PGA Tour for that, I think. But yeah, I think that's why they did it, just to get that all settled and ready for um, for the start of the year in January. So the question is, who else is joining? Yeah, that's a big topic mm-hmm. of discussion. Tyrrell Hatton, Tony Finau. Yep. That's the names three. thrown around. Even Moronk um, was big, thrown around at one point. But the, I think he, he came out and pledged his uh, commitment. Or, you know, yeah, he posted that photo. He's looking forward to the PGA Tour membership that he's earned. Um, yeah, well, he's, got two, he's got two. He's like double dipping. He's, he's got the perfect scenario, near perfect scenario. He's he not playing mm. in all the all the big big events, but he's uh, – yeah. Rory's basically opened the door for, you know, anyone to play on the, the Ryder Cup, you know, if Rory. If, yeah. Rory's, if Rory says we need John Rahm, well, you know, the DP World Tour are going to rewrite the rules because Rory says we need John Rahm. So uh, all what yeah. was is now not what was and there's going to be a new uh, structure there for um, – for uh, the um, Beth Page Black, much the same as the uh, the uh, not the PGA Tour, but the uh, who runs the Ryder Cup for oh, the, the US PGA team, PGA the, PGA, the PGA of America. That's, yeah, that's the word yeah. I was looking for. Um, so yeah, and Brooksy, oh. and and so they should. I mean, how, you, you can't you can't have yeah. a uh, Ryder Cup without John Rahm. I mean, you, you could without Sergio and without Poulter and Westwood and those guys. Like yeah, maybe you want them involved in later years, but. Um, they were never going to get selected to play, um, you know, as much as anyone really wanted Sergio to be get, you know, get a spot there. Like he just wasn't playing good enough golf, in yeah. my opinion. So he wasn't going to get selected anyway. But absolutely, you change the rules for someone like John Rahm to uh, make sure it happens. Um, there, yeah, they'd be they'd be silly not to. And um, they're pretty strong words from Rory, so I can imagine it'll happen. It'll get done. Has uh, have Rory's stocks risen in the last week? You know, since he's taken since back, he got his login back. Login back. You know, was that I really? It was. It wasn't, it wasn't hacked. It was. It wasn't hacked. Was it? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't no, no you I don't that? believe it's hacked. Yeah, that, that's him. I love that it's him. Um, so, so Rory, Rory saying we were better off without Henrik anyway. Like, who gives a toss about Henrik? Uh, we were, we didn't need him anyway. Was that Rory no, saying? Yeah, but I don't reckon that's what he said. I don't think that's what he meant, Roscoe. I think he's saying, hey, the best thing that happened to that team to, to like, bring us together was, like, Luke Donald being captain. I don't think it was a slap at Henrik as, well, you know, he hey, didn't we didn't need that. a Henrik. He didn't say I, that. He said the best thing. No, that, he didn't. He, he didn't. But. I know that's what it was inferred, but, you know, you don't have to read it too deeply to say, oh, that was a bit of a whack at Henrik Stenson. I th- that's why I, I thought I read it two ways. Hey, those live enthusiasts might read it that way, Ross. Ooh. But uh, no, no, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't reckon. Maybe it was a swipe at Henrik. Maybe it was a little yeah. one. But I think it was more about like, hey, Luke Donald was actually maybe the best thing that happened to that team this year. And um, and if Henrik didn't go to live, we wouldn't have had Luke. So yeah, I think that's what he meant. Well, you can't help but uh, agree with Raws on that front because yeah. You know, Luke Donald. He's not wrong. Yeah. We, we spoke about that at length. How how uh, professional Luke Donald was. Yeah, you know, from you know his bonding of the team in the pre months and year that it takes to build up for a Ryder Cup. You know, yep. to his you know presentation in an, in Italian. Uh, it all just 
smacked of absolute pure professionalism and, and uh, you know, Luke Donald, he was still like 300 and – was he – 365 days or 52 weeks at world number one at one point. You know, you you, yep. you sometimes forget just how good a golfer Luke Donald was. And yeah, you know, so let's remember that and uh, let's thumbs up. Yeah, Scott's got this yep. great thumbs up thing that happens in Zoom. I don't have the feature on my end of the Zoom. Scott's got it on his end of the Zoom. I don't know why I haven't. When he puts his thumbs up to say, yeah, that was right, this thumbs up bubble comes on. Sorry for, yeah. to digress. It's it's weird. Um but good, thanks for the thumbs up. Do it again. Yeah, no Can worries. Can you do it again? No, I agree. Do it again. There you go. Yeah. Look it didn't that. come up on the uh, on the picture There's there a, last week. Another thumbs up. Come up. I was trying to do it. That's why I look like a complete clown with my thumb up uh, <laughs> in the photo from last last week's post. Uh, anyway, oh, anyway, but anyway. Anyway, Luke Donald. Um, um, hey, on Luke Donald, did you see that he got reappointed? Yes. So I thought that was interesting, yes, mate. Yes, yes, good. Yes. How many times has that happened, Roscoe? That doesn't happen often that they, they give them a second crack at it, does it? Now my Ryder Cup stewardship uh, memory, as it my memory is, Rocket for, would know. Hit us Rocket, in the DMs. Yeah, Rocket. Rocket would know. It, but Gallagher, Bernard Gallagher, uh, was, was Bernard Gallagher like Stevie Gallagher's dad before um, Ryder Cup captain a couple of times in a row? It might be going that far back that they've had two in a row. Um, yeah, but it's clear that Rory does have a big sway. Um, you know. Paul McGinley, you know, the reason Paul McGinley was captain over Darren Clark was pretty much because Rory, you know, was right. behind the Paul McGinley um, camp, so that happened and it was a good appointment as well. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, Ram, Ram. Good to see Rory unleashed on Twitter and uh, obviously the shackles are off from his uh, board position and he's got no kind of responsibilities, the uh, DGAF. Um, Rory, I am here for on Twitter, that's for sure. You, you, it just fires up the haters. You just wonder, you know, the stuff that we don't see that no one sees and the, but you know, if you try and put the pieces in the jigsaw puzzle for Rory, you know, jumping out of that meeting and pretty much immediately then resigning from his position, Tiger, you know, um, his ascendancy in that players-led group rising, um, you read about Cantlay as well. Cantlay. There was an article this week, I think, from Bob Harrick. Maybe I got that wrong, but um, uh, but yeah, and you know, Cantlay is actually running the tour and running the negotiations. <laughs> yeah. He was off talking to investors on his own this week. Like, you know, it's if if you believe those stories, then Patrick Cantlay is in charge of the tour, and I think that's um, uh, that's not a good direction for the tour, in my opinion. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows uh, what to believe, Roscoe? So there we go. Um, live, live, uh, live golf. It's continuing for twenty twenty four, despite what uh, you know the war of words between the Live Pro and the Pro PGA Tour people said. Uh, they both said that you know one was said that it was going to stop, the other said it's going forever and it's going to take you out, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it appears that it's continuing on. And what we don't know is in a couple of days. A week or so, twenty was it twenty first of December? They sort of committed to having something. Thirty first of December, 31st. and I think we've got uh, Jay and Yassir um, getting together, uh, meeting up this week. I think so. Interesting to see if anything leaks out of that or, or comes from that, or what we hear before the thirty first. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> any kind of announcement from the tour these days is uh, is so bloody filled with corporate junk, isn't it? So you you, you never know what you're going to get. Um, you know, some of the announcements this week that they've given an update on have been a bit uh, a bit tone deaf, I think, on what people actually want to hear about. But 
Um, you know, yeah, I said, as you said, you know, they've been talking to um, other investors as well. We said Cantlay was out there, but yeah, apparently they've uh, decided they're going to advance negotiations with the strategic sports group um, and also the PIF. So they're kind of, you know, they're, they're testing both both uh, both avenues here, aren't they? They're just um, trying to see who uh, see who can jump on board and partner, and if um, maybe it's everyone together and there's more more money, and that's great. I, I don't know what people are. Paying this money for though, Roscoe, like people were, there's not you know, five hundred billion people watching golf. Like I, mm. I, I don't believe the market is as big as the numbers that are being thrown around. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's quite challenging to think about it conceptually as to how much money is being generated or thrown around. Not generated. It's not being generated. It's been well, it's been generated somewhere by sponsorship and corporate and investors. And well, I think so, yeah, yeah. So, and it's being distributed to the golfers and down to the mules. Um, it's it's crazy to think, you know, they throw, throw around terms like growing the game, but they're all hoarding this cash. You know, that money should be used for all this other, it could be used for all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, not even the philanthropic stuff, you know, the charitable stuff, which there's still question marks, you know, what happens, what does this look like, you know, where does all this charity, not-for-profit stuff go? Um, yeah. Imagine how much money could be used for really, you know, contributing towards development of the game in key areas, you know. You, you, you see here in Australia, like, not to go back to us poor Australians again and, you know, we're starved of quality golf, but mm. you just see how we get hamstrung by the circulation of money, which just is so insular to, you know, a couple of key areas of the world, i.e. America, i.e. maybe the Middle East, i.e. maybe a little bit of Europe at the lesser scale. And it yep. just doesn't leak out to the antipodes like Australia and I'm sure South Africa sort of struggled in the same and I'm not sure what the Japanese development outside of their tour and whatever else is like, but, yeah, you know, we're starved of this. We've got the people here. You see the people at the Oz Open on the, you know, the more yeah. people there than ever. Yeah. If some of this money just leaked out in the players and we'd be better off, better off. And I, I, and I totally agree and that's why, you know, I'll always think and say like, I would love to see Cam Smith use a small portion of that money that he's earned from, you know, his signing with Liv and, and what he's getting out of Liv and, and reinvest it back into the game and not looking for a return on it. And I know that sounds dumb to people that, oh, why would I, you know, throw millions of dollars at something I know I'm going to not make a return on that investment. Well, the return is not like monetary. It's, it is it is about like growing the game and leaving something really good and lasting you know, on the Australian golf landscape. And and I would love to see him, you know, front up some of his own money for the Queensland Open, the Queensland PGA, or, you know, like one of his home events, um, prop up the, prop up the, uh, the, 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 um, the purse for five or 10 years with a couple of million dollars a year. That would make a huge difference to, to that event mm. and, and, you know, people's interest in the game long-term. That's why I say, you know, 10 years. Like, don't do it for one or two years. Like, commit to it for 10 years. Throw 20 or 30 million at it. He's got t he's got plenty um, to do that. And give the, the kind of 13, the 12, 13, 14-year-olds that are playing golf now, like, something to go go after. Like, hey, I'm going to go and win that event. I'm going to win a truckload of money in, in, in you know, five, seven, 10 years. Um, give him something to, to dream about. But... Um, I, yeah, I think you know. I don't know what Cam doesn't doesn't do with his money. You know, you you know about the stuff that he does do. He's got the 
you know, let's call it a scholarship for want of a better term, where yep. a couple of the young developing, you know, talents get to spend the week or so with him stateside. He takes them out on the boat. He takes them, gives them a chipping shotgun lesson. He takes them a course, plays around with them, teaches them all of the, you know, golf management skill that, you know, you can mm. absorb in a week or so with Cam Smith, which is unbelievable stuff. I, I don't know. We don't know what he does or doesn't do behind the scenes that you don't know. And I, I can only assume that some of these golfers do have some level of contribution that they'd rather maybe not be seen. I don't, I don't, we don't know. We, 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 I'm guessing. But what I do yeah. know is, and, and here's a good example, and we've got the Sandbell Invitational on, uh, and I probably talked about this. I said there's a question I would have asked uh, Cam Davis. Um, why, mm. why is he bothering hanging around for two events to have small purses, you know, that are a 36-hole and a, you know, 72-hole yep. tournament at different courses? Imagine if they, the greater pool of those players just contributed more on that level alone that level yep. alone to stay on stay on for a little bit longer and do that and you know we talk about cathedral i don't know if cathedral is going to be on tv their last year's tv effort was average it was like a little package of highlights it was like a tourism brochure if anything it wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't like a tournament coverage it was a promotion for david evans's wonderful golf course which we were part of promoting that we had him on the podcast and he didn't let us go up there with the camera but that's another, that's for another day and we'll get up there one day um and then we've got the Sandbelt where, you know, they've got one sponsor, Visit Victoria, and, you know, you can see some of the social media posts that, you know, Bree and Alan Shipnuck, who's down here from the Fire Pit Collective, are doing. Like it or lump yep. like it, you know, that's what they're doing to facilitate their sponsorship agreement. But really, that tournament should be on TV. We've got, mm. you know, 100 and whatever many of juniors, men, women, talented golfers and professionals, of course, playing yep. at four of the best courses, not only just in Melbourne, but some of the best golf that they've ever that you'll see on TV. Yeah. And and no one's gonna see it. You know, like it's it's left to the team, the Jeff Ogilvy Foundation, the team, to really drive the promotional machine to get it out there. And it's just this self-fulfilling, if it doesn't get out there, well then, you know, it's like whether yeah. it's Visit Victoria or any sponsorship money, it, it's harder to gather. But yep. you know what can gather it is when you get eyeballs on there in terms of people and around and around sponsorship boards and seeing yeah. the best players that we've developed. And Cam Davis is there and there's a there's a lot of people watching Cam Davis. He hasn't played that well. Mm. He's at the end of a very, but, very but long year. he won it last year. He yeah. won, won it last year and he's back backing up. It's been a long year um, and it's not easy golf courses. It's not tickety-boo golf. You know, these are tough golf courses. Mm. Um, imagine if they contributed that and maybe a little bit of money yeah. around this sort of stuff. You know, Jeff can't do it on his own. Yep. And, he, and his network and Mike Clayton, to his credit, you know, they've got this great product. I'm, I'm harping on and I'm, I'm going to say it. No, I mean, just imagine, mate, if we had um, we had a couple of other guys join Cam, um, Cam Davis, maybe it's it's Cam Smith and Leash, you know, playing in that as well, and and a couple of like the the females like Hannah Green and um, you know Minji, or just just a couple of like big names would just really draw more eyeballs to that event and get that support that you that you're talking about. But uh, but full credit to Cam Davis for doing it, um, and also want to say like I'm not suggesting Cam Smith does nothing, and I know you weren't yeah. suggesting, and I was suggesting that, but. Um, but we, we know what he does. Yeah. Um, 
what we see he does and, and, and full credit to him for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they've got plenty of resources. Yeah. So and what I was going to say, what I was going to say on a fiscal level, like we talk about it in a podcasting sense, you know, the pool of podcasters keeps growing in, in Australia, but we know, we know, you know, you get a handle on the numbers and you know, how many people listen and the market's not a huge market in Australia. And, you know, if you can yep. crack some international sort of listens, it's all fabulous, but you know, and everyone, you know, we've got a beer sponsor, we've got a clothing sponsor, we've got, you know, a presenting partner for, you know, a golf club or whatever. And, and for me, you know, that's great. And it shows that, you know, you've got a podcast and a product that people want to support, but it's not really individually, it's not really offering a, a promotional thing at scale. And I just think, imagine, you know, as a group collectively, what could be achieved. And that's mm. a little bit like that thinking for, for this golf event that we're just witnessing and watching Daniel Gale. You know, Daniel yep. Gale's got more course records, you know, in his short career than anyone that I know. Like he rattled them off today in a press conference and I'll, I'll publish it oh. on the uh, socials. Oh, no, I actually didn't record. Sorry, I can't. I'll retract that. I, I didn't record that part. I recorded his interview with Alan Shitnuck, but then he, he spoke uh, after that with uh, Brendan James and Jimmy Emanuel and uh, – Brendan asked him how many how many uh, course records he had, and yeah. he like he rattled off all these course records up from Fox Hills to some course in uh, Chicago, which is like a it's almost like a little Frankston, you know, it's like a private members club yeah. which doesn't have honor boards and all that sort of thing. But he had like sixty one round there or something like that, and several of the members said, you know, no one ever else has had that score, maybe except Tiger. So he and Tiger are like noted as <laughs> having the lowest rounds. Um, yeah. Awesome. Sorry, I lost my track, but, you know, watching Daniel Gale shoot seven. No, you got guys seven, like Daniel Gale playing that event out seven, there. Um, seven under yeah, around fantastic. Kingswood South course when there wasn't that many unders today in the tough conditions. Uh, yep. Rant, again, I qualify that with one rant a week is permiss- permissible. Um, there might yep. be a second one this week. We don't know. Um, well, there's a bit to cover. But yeah. uh, just to close out that, that mm. sample, I mean, great great that someone like Alan Shipnuck with his platform is down here promoting it, you know, doing exactly what you've just been ranting about, uh, Roscoe. So, um, yeah, good to see good to see that commitment. Uh, he's, he's doing great. Uh, he's there hosting all of the interviews and he's doing, you know, he's writing for the Fire Pit Collective and they've got a video guy yep. and they're making some content and they're going to share that and they're going to make something uh, to share that with the Fire Pit Collective audience. Of course, Jeff is very close to the Fire Pit Collective, which is Matt Janella, yep. uh, Shipnuck and whoever else it is. Uh, of course, yep. you know, Fire Pit guys do the wishbone brawl down at Goat Hill Park, which is, you know, you go down there, your qualification of playing that is playing with Hickory, uh, not Hickory, he's playing with Persimmons. Uh, yep. You know, you remember that from when Jeff had that hole in one on the par three with, you know, a thousand people standing behind and Jeff holed out a few years ago. Uh, they did that recently. So that's the Fire Pit Collective. They're down here covering it. Alan Shipnuck last year, they sent some video people and the guys stayed home. This year, uh, Shipnuck's here. Um, if you don't know who Alan Shipnuck is, if you're not sort of that deep into the into the media, you can follow him on Twitter and Fire Pit Collective. He's the, the chap that's written the books uh, about uh, Phil Mickelson and also his other most recent book about Live Golf. Uh, I've read one yep. of them, the Phil Mickelson book. Really interesting behind the scenes. Alan Shitnuck's view of that whole Phil Mickelson journey and yep. uh, and then obviously the Live book, which I haven't read, but um, a lot of people have read it and said it's really well written and really covers a lot of information about the whole scenario um, 
that uh, people haven't really had the level of insight into. So I mm. will listen to it or I don't read, I'll listen. Um, I'll listen to it soon. But, yeah, what I do know about Alan Shipnuck, I've never met him before that and he didn't know me and he's got no reason to know me. He knew me of a Twitter video uh, of the Peninsula Kingswood site, which he had seen and liked, and he walked in today to Peninsula Kingswood and he looked at me as I was eating my uh, chicken and uh, – chat potatoes at the quick lunch as I was in between taking some photos and videos. He said, sure. man, are you a member at this place? And I said, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. He said he was blown away, blown away by not only the Peninsula Kingswood but he was at Victoria yesterday. Uh, he saw Victoria under a deluge, you know. The Victoria was – it was it, yeah. It was amazing that they got to keep that course <laughs> and the game open. There's no other golf course in, in the world that could have taken that 30 millimetres mm. in – you know, a very short period of time and being able to host a professional golf tournament with the level of um, professionalism that the, that golf course was able to do. You know, I drove in at five minutes past seven and the driveway and uh, the first hole there at um, Victoria was just, it was a C. Uh, yeah. Tenth hole over the hill. Have I got the right road? Tenth hole, I got the tenth and the first mixed up. But the, the one, the longer one over the hill where you the greens up the hill, um, that was a puddle. You know what the funny thing was? So that was obviously where everyone's driver was going. So they had someone there, maybe it was one of the grounds team, stationed down there to spot the balls going into the water, of course, casual water, free relief. Uh, mm. Whoever that person was that was down there spotting had their young uh, child down there, I'm not sure it was a boy or a girl, didn't go that close, with a, float, a floaty vest on and <laughs> swimming togs on, running into the puddle to fetch out the player's balls. It was, it was classic. I love it. Only in, only in Australia you would see, you know, a bloke standing in the back yeah. there sending their little kid into the puddle with a floaty vest on to drag out the balls. It was classic Australia uh, and one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, but amazing. That course Good Victoria stuff. was able just to bounce back, albeit under a slight delay, and they got yep. out there and had a game and, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Good stuff. Um, Good stuff. Hmm. Hey, Roscoe, a couple of other things on live because they, they had a big week, right? Yes. They, uh, obviously a big announcement with, uh, with John Rahm, but, um, but yeah, like lots of things happened. Um, there was a few trades made. I don't know if you caught wind of those, uh, a few trades made between the teams, pretty interesting trades. Mm. If you ask me, um, Wolf. So Wolf. smash, smash GC, uh, traded with the range goats, they they traded Gooch Taylor Gooch, they got Gooch and uh, and got rid of Wolf. So oh. I, I mean, you can't tell me that that uh, something else didn't get traded under the table or like someone got some money for, for like somewhere. I mean, like Gooch is the number one player and Wolf is like the number forty, what forty seventh player or, or how many players are there? He has not been playing well. Um, and how do you swap the best for one of the worst? Uh, and they also got got rid of uh, Peter Ulhein for uh, HB three. So so Uline I mean, Uline's gone from right uh, from smash, smash to range goats. Yep, yep. and uh, Gooch has gone from range goats to smash, and Wolf has gone to. So they did like two two swapsies. So HB three is now with smash. Yeah, who's a range goat? Okay. Uh, is HVB with, with, with uh, no, I don't yeah. know. I don't, but, but anyway, so Brooksy got rid of Wolf. Hmm. Well, that was always going to happen. They, like, Wolf was a mark man from halfway through the live season that they weren't getting on. There was yep. zero, zero connection there. I don't know how it lasted that long. Obviously it had to, but uh, there was zero. Imagine being a team where you've got this 
disruption between the principal and the uh, the player would have been awful to be yeah. uh, Matt Wolf, um, who's openly had some challenges mentally and game wise. You know, it's clear. Uh, I made a mistake, Roscoe. So HV three has gone to the four aces. Right. <coughs> HV three to four aces. So uh, four aces is now um, Pat Perez, um, DJ, and yep. Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed and HV three. Who? Who? So who's out? That was Uline out of there. Is that right? Uh, I think that was Uline out of there. Hmm. Yep. So he's gone to. Uh, the Range Goats, and we've got Smash. The lineup now is Brooks, Taylor, Coke Rack. Oh, and that's right, GMAC. Right. So GMAC turned up at uh, Smash. Gee. Must be some connection with GMAC and his, and Brooks's caddy or, or something. I, I mean, I don't know how that how he's landed there, but. Um, I, I don't know the machinations yeah. of the rest of them, but, but the only thing I can think of and only take it from. You know, Bubba talking so positively and and kindly about Matt Wolf, and mm. you know, I don't know Bubba. I've been in his company for five minutes at the side of a green when Blakey was getting them to test out a, a potential ground under repair area at Live Golf Adelaide. Um, yep, seems like a decent fella. Seems like a decent fella. Has a bit of fun. Doesn't take himself yep. too seriously. You know, he 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 said that. Uh, you know, he got close to Wolf at the uh, GG sort of stage. That's George Gankus, who has obviously developed Matt Wolf into the golf swing and golfer that he is. Um, yep. Is it yeah. the actimate alt of, you know, I've got your back, bro. You know, come and come and let's do some good stuff. You know, I believe in your game. I believe in your swing. I believe in you. Come over to the bubba, and uh, and let's go. You know, is that as simple as it could be? I'm not sure. This is going to be a massive vote. Yeah, uh, Roscoe, I don't know if anyone over there does anything for free. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you, can, you convinced the, 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 in my Greek uh, um, family friends um, back in my South Melbourne days when they looked after um, my son and taught him to speak Greek and eat like uh, Greek food and, you know, it was a great introduction to my, you know, son who couldn't walk or talk, you know, English but he could speak Greek. Um, they had yeah. a great term for, for that money in an envelope. It's called a fuckalaki. Fuckalaki. So you're saying that the live golf are getting paid a bit of a fuckalaki? I reckon there's a fuckalaki going on there, Roscoe. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I hope we don't get censored for swearing because that is not a swear word. That's a Greek word for money in an envelope. If And if you speak Greek, you know, please correct us. Uh, that's what I remember. It was a long time ago. My son's 24. He was like <laughs> under six months. So that's my memory of the Greek language, Yasu, Evkeristo, Angelitsa, Maikia, Sagapopoli, Fakalaki. That's my okay. limit of Greek language. So I've do a bit of language, as you know, and uh, there it is. There's my Greek language skills. Sagapopoli. Well, I reckon there's probably still a few more Fakalakis to come uh, in the live roster because um, we've got the cliques have only got a couple of spots, uh, a couple of spots, spots filled, so they're, they're down a couple of players. We know the Rippers are only got two. In the head, there's a spot in the iron heads. There's a spot in the high flyers. There's spots everywhere, mate. But um, the other, the other big news on live, um, which I don't know if you caught any of it, was the uh, the the qualification um, uh, tournament that happened. Yeah, well, I was following it. Yeah, so stage one, stage two. Uh, yeah, and then uh, you had the twenty twenty pre qualified into that final stage. Yeah, and uh, what did it come down to a shootout in the end for the third spot? Laurie Cantor missed out. Uh, who, out. Who's in? Who who was? Remind us who got uh, in. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we got Carly uh, Samuya mm-hmm. from Finland. Yeah. Thirty-five year old, um, and we've got Kieran Vincent, great. brother of Scott, mm-hmm. uh, Zimbabwe. Has he also got great hair? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's okay. okay. He's got he's got some. He's got a lot of hair. Um, he's doing better than you and I. Well, yes, yeah, okay. clearly anyone is. Um, and then we've got the young Japanese player, oh, 29, not that young, uh, Jinichiro Kazuma. So um, he, he actually made his way into into that playoff tournament through an invitation. The other guys qualified and started in round two um, through their eligibility. But, yeah, Kazuma went, went all, four, all four rounds. So he's, uh, he's played his way, way well and truly from the bottom. Um, and so good on him. I, I actually really like this tournament, Roscoe. Like I, I, I liked – I was watching uh, – watched a fair bit of it. Um, the drama was from – from day one, like you, you know, there's a cut uh, after day one down to twenty, um, and then they were joined by everyone who you know was eligible from round two. So they got a buy, let's say, in that round one. Scores reset. I really like that feature of it. So round one done, dusted, move on to round two, um, and then another cut uh, was made for that final day, which they played thirty six on um, round three and four, and again scores reset, but then. Um, for round three, the scores carried over to round four. So, um, so a lot of drama that happened throughout. You know, the event. A couple of Aussies um, just missed out. I, I I must say, I did watch Hendy um, play his last couple of holes, and and it just absolutely, he would have been heartbroken. Um, the fifty-year-old to miss that four-footer, that would have uh, put himself into the cut. Like you know, to get above the cut line and go through to the next round. And then scores resetting, but yeah, I mean, watching these guys under pressure, a lot, a lot on the line. Um, that are they're not the best in the world. They're really good players, but they're not, you know, the guys like Rory or, or John or any of those really top top players that know how to handle the pressure. Um, I really enjoy watching these guys battle, and uh, and some of them did incredibly well and impressive. Did uh, young Aussie um, Kevin Yuan? He fin- he he was in the final uh, thirty six hole yeah. event. Great, yep. we've talked about him. Great young player goes under the radar. Really good player. Uh, I be- I believe I was told that it was like some ridiculously low entry fee to to get into stage one. Like if you were in the mm. um, whether it was an invitation or the, the invite by the standing in Australia. So the Australian people that played, you know, I think it was top five in the order of merit. Uh, you could go and play in that round one. But I got yep. told that there was like some ridiculously low entry fee, like we're talking like under 100 bucks, and right. and guaranteed money like in the thousands just for yeah. for getting through that, that um, getting into that, um, which uh, yeah. discounted hotels and you, know, you had to get yourself there, but it was a discounted hotel. You got guaranteed money, not insignificant amount of money and a really, yep. you know, minuscule entry fee. Which is yeah. unbelievable because you don't hear of that happening in these sort of qualifications. You know, the Asian tour school is like a four thousand dollar entry fee, or many right. thousands of dollars. So, um, good on them. Uh, yeah, yeah. But young Kevin Yuan, Jed, Jed missed out. He was, yeah, he was going Jed missed right. out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but as you said, Laurie Cantor, um, mm. he just missed out. He he, he was uh, so on the first playoff hole, he was in a the three for two, three three way playoff for two spots, I think, and um, he. He was on the green for two, uh, par five. They played the 18th as the playoff hole. 
and and actually Kazuma put his ball in the drink, um, put his tea ball in the water, um, or maybe no, maybe his second, his second, sorry, into the water, and then, um, uh, and yeah, I think it was Vincent was in the rough, so he had to lay up, but poor old Laurie Cantor, three putts, uh, makes a three putt par on that on that playoff hole. A Kazuma, uh, Kazuma. I'll just check his name. I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's very late here, Roscoe. But um, uh, Kazuma, yeah, he he made an incredible shot in, and uh, and then made a great par putt. So everyone moves on to the next one, and then poor old Laurie Cantor puts his tee ball in the water on the second playoff hole and just couldn't recover. Mm. Um, yeah, here we got uh, it because he played a fair bit of live this year as a reserve in the. Um, yeah, we well, played full season in twenty two. Yeah. And then he played. He was a reserve and played a bit. Yep. Um, yeah, we might remember he played. He played in the Aussie Open there a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And um, he's actually the first reserve for the the spot uh, at the Open for the Open qualifier. So because Adam Scott um, took that third spot for qualification for the Open at Troon, but uh, if any of those guys that took a spot like qualified in a different way, then Laurie Cantor will get that spot. I was reading today, so. Um, but look, he, he gets full access to all the international series on the on the Asian tour. So there's a bunch of events there with quite a bit of money for the Asian tour. Um, so you know he's still got a he's still got a, a few opportunities. And and we saw, uh, I think it was Kieran Vincent qualified into this um, into this tournament through his standings in that international series. So he, he got that by in the first round and came into into round two. Um, so. So yeah, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't know, Roscoe. Like, I've been pretty critical of some parts of what Live is is about and and what it's done to the game. Mostly, um, I mean, I'm all for a global tour with all the best players playing together, and I and I love, um, I would love the team sport to get the team aspect to get off the ground and really firing. Um, uh, but this qualification event was was pretty pretty good to watch. It was pretty impressive. Well, we're so used to other sports that have promotion relegation type um, structures um, in various ways, shapes and forms, playoff events, playoffs, all that sort of thing. So, you know, it doesn't matter sort of what continent you sort of follow your um, sport, you know, they've they've got that aspect. So we love the, the drama and the hype that goes around who's going to get mm. in and not knowing and, and, and not having a runaway leader and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yep. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was really good for the parts that I saw. Um, you know, shout out to uh, – got to give a shout out to Wade Ormsby who didn't make it through. He was in that direct shortcut pathway, yep. obviously didn't make it through. He's had a massive year on a number of fronts um, personally. You know, he's been at every live event as a reserve. As a reserve, Didn't yeah. play, so he's fronting up to golf tournaments, maybe sometimes playing in pro-ams and, and playing all the practice rounds and then not playing, doing, doing that playing the International Series events, which he won one of uh, on the Asian Tour, had a challenging personal year, obviously lost his father, a stalwart of the um, golf industry. So he's come home, season's done, and, um, you know, he'll we'll see Wade on the Asian Tour next year playing the International Series events. And the reason why I sort of go in that, I had a great chat with Marcus Fraser uh, yesterday at Vic. We had a good, good, good chat together and, you know, Fraser carrying – maybe carrying a little bit of an eagle at the moment, but uh, mm. he's excited about playing the Asian tour events. You know, he's got a, a category that gives him some standing over um, career earnings. And yep. I think there's only maybe one event that he doesn't get into, but he'll get to play all the international series events. So, you know, he's excited because he 
doesn't want to go to Europe anymore. He's happy to go in the same similar time zones, you know, eight or so yep. hours up, play his event, come back, see the family uh, and yep. whatever else it is um, that he's into. Um, so really excited about that and, you know, this this tour um, offers a whole level of golfer um, great opportunities to earn a living by being golf, uh, by being yep. a professional golfer. So uh, good luck to... You know, the half a dozen or so, dozen, maybe even more Australians that will be playing up on these um, events next year. But, yeah, good to chat with Fraser. He's a, he's a, he's a ripping fella. Fraser, yeah. uh, back to the sand belt, which we're just weaving into the conversation. Fraser, <laughs> Every you know, opportunity. And, and, and another great thing about the sand belt invitational, the way that Jeff and Mike structure it, you know, you've got uh, Cam Davis, PGA Tour star, winner, played all the majors, uh, we'll play the Masters this year, playing alongside Jasper Stubbs, who's just won the Asia Pacific Amateur. We'll play yeah. the Masters. And I, I was watching them. I was following them for a couple of holes and they're just talking and that's the chat. What do you do? How do you go about it? That Fantastic. Yep. Well, Fraze, back to Fraze, Fraze played with 11-year-old Fu Yu oh. Yang. Fu Yu yeah. Yang, who is a member, I think she's from the National. If you have a look yep. at the current uh, standings, Fu Yu Yang is 11 years old. She's this very small 11-year-old girl and she's had – she's clearly not yeah, – She had 85 today. Struggled around Peninsula a little bit but she's nowhere near the bottom. She's, she's in front of – she's in front of – someone who played on the Live Promotions. Uh, That's tour. right. She's, she's in front of Austin Batista, Ollie Spitty, Chloe McSaveny, uh, Tom Hatt and uh, Georgia Swartz. Uh, fair play to the young young girl for having the guts to turn up. Uh, I did see her in the press conference. You should say it. She, had, she delivered a press interview to Alan Shipnuck with the skill, poise and expertise of a seasoned veteran. It was unbelievable to see this young young lady uh, deliver this very polished approach. They dragged her up into the press, put her in front of the banner yep. and interviewed her. It was fantastic and she just was – it was amazing to see. Another great thing about the Sandbelt Invitational that um, it's designed to do, putting amateurs, men, women, amateurs, elite, developing all together. You know, your your colleague Sid uh, – uh, yep. Sid um, – I don't want to get his name, surname wrong. Nadam Pali, Nadam Pali, uh, who's a member at Spring Valley. You know, I know you spend a lot yep. of time playing with Sid and you know, offering some support, encouragement, advice, mentorship, and and whatever else that you can. Um, you know, we when we first met Sid, he, he openly said he was struggling with his game. You know, he he it wasn't going in the direction that he wanted. We knew that he had yep. talent. You knew that he had talent. You had identified that he could golf his ball. He gets into the. Uh, Ogilvy, Jeff the Ogilvy, the game, the game. Yep. format. Now, if you want to know how the game runs, there's maybe 30 or 40, you know, elite amateurs, pros, given uh, – it was given rise out of um, COVID, you know, when COVID, elite, yeah. elite players could still train and they started playing. Well, there's you – yeah, know, it's basically a WhatsApp group. It's like, okay, you know, here's the format, who's in. And, you know, I don't know if it's exactly like the first to, to nominate her in, but, you know, there's always enough – spaces there for you know five groups of or maybe six or seven groups of four sid joined yep. that group and you know what's happened to sid since he started playing in that level of you know golf with that level of golfer yeah he's gone from strength to strength and and uh and built on each of those experiences that he's been getting and you know over the last kind of what year 18 months he's had he shot course records he's won tournaments he's 
come runner up. He's you, you know um, he's would he finished uh, uh, top three in some of the big amateur events. Um, he's had a ripping season, and um, and you know he gets an invite into uh, into this event this week, and he's playing alongside some of these guys and girls, and um, I think he played with Keely on Monday. He did. Um, so uh, you, you know, I'm sure those two. Um, uh, you know, relishing the opportunity and, and what they're the, the chances they're getting and kind of learning from everyone around them and each other and yeah, so no, he's uh, he's done some really good things. He's headed in the right direction and um, yeah, he's been on he's been on travel. He's been traveling a lot more, so he's he's re- got a really thoughtful approach to how he's developing his game and his experience as well. Like he, he's done a couple of seasons in Vic. Um, but now he's been travelling to New South Wales. He's been travelling to Queensland, travelling to South Australia, Perth, around the country, playing these other top amateur events in those states, um, and just playing different courses. So, well, I think well, he's gone about it in a great way. All I can say is, in a what's a relative in golf terms, short period of time since we first sat down at Spring Valley and had a chat to him, where he was shy, reserved, lacked a bit of self confidence in 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 some respects. Yeah, you know, you'd say after chatting to him, didn't really yep. couldn't identify what was going right or wrong. Well, here he is sitting at T twenty six, T twenty six, T twenty six in a field of seventy five, um, and in and around names like Friend Louis Dobler, Louis Dobler. Uh, ahead of Matt Gogan, ahead of Jared Felton, ahead of Jeffrey Guan, yeah, you know, who, yep, is the wonder kid. Uh, Simon and, Hawks, Simon winner Hawks, on the tour win, this year. Yeah, in and around Cam a, Davis, a number of names. Yeah, you know, one shot behind Brady Watt, former world nam, world number one amateur golfer. Uh, very good, very very good. Um, but yeah, when no, you, impressive stuff. When you look up that list, you know, and you see some of the names. Uh, follows Sarah Hammett. Young golfer from um, young golfer from the Gold Coast today chatted to her mum. She's sitting at even, so she had uh, she had seventy six and then seventy today. You know what holes? You know where she had the birdies? Where twelve, maybe eleven, twelve, thirteen. You know where I picked up um, Sarah and started walking around having a chat to her mum. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. Just saying, oh, just just saying that the birdie trade happened. The mojo is in full effect. I turned up with the big lens, had a chat to a mum, got the backstory. Australian um, amateur players in the Australian women's team, uh, and then she goes on a birdie blitz, and you know she's currently sitting there, you know, pretty doing in P eight. Uh, doing well, very good. Because uh, and they go to Yarra tomorrow, Roscoe. Easy course. We had ten under there last Monday, so. <laughs> Look for some low scores. I'll be. Don't worry. I was out there giving some, you know, pre-match advice. Of not not during the round, of course, but you know, pre-match advice. Don't hit it here. That line. Look at that pin. Quite a few players have never played. I wonder if they've left a long drive marker out there from uh, from last week. Oh, I just just see who 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 can like get close. Don't worry. I'll I'll point it out to anyone that's not mm. far behind. Hey. He's got to stand on the spot. A couple of old fellas. Uh, I don't think we have any worry about that, mate, considering how far we saw uh, these guys. Lockie Barker and Daniel Gale hit it down 18 on the south course today like a a hand throw off the green, 400 and something metres. Lockie Barker. Yeah. There's another name. Great round today, 67. Press conference. I did video it. I'll try and get it onto the My Love Golf socials, as I have done with some of those other videos and the press conferences that I've been privy to. If you want to know how to apply the right level of thinking to your game to stop worrying about things that don't matter 
and only concern yourself with the things in your golf game that do matter, when I get it up there, listen to Lockie Barker talk about how he's approaching the next couple of days being in contention in a reasonable-sized tournament. Really, really good stuff and a really polished and professional speaker. He's a really impressive young man, Lockie Barker. I actually didn't have a handle on where he was sitting. He was playing with Daniel Gale and I was standing mm. on the back of the 18th tee. He comes up to me. Yeah, we, he didn't, doesn't know who I am but he's seen me somewhere along the, along the way. He said, mate, this is a fantastic golf course. He said, I, I can't believe how good this place is. It's really tough. And, uh, you know, he's just about to hit a drive. You know, he's second in the tournament and he's, you know, five under. Just um, chatting away. Just chatting away, which was fantastic. Uh, Quinn Corica, great golfer. Matt Griffin up there at minus five. Um, it's good to see Matt playing playing well. He's had 70 today, 66, 70. Uh, in the next two days is going to suit Griff at uh, Yarra Yarra and then, of course, Royal Melbourne East. Lucas Michelle. Um, Lucas shot 66. Must have enjoyed the uh, walk and talk down the eighth and ninth fairway. Uh, with again, with, mate, you're uh, just sprinkling your magic everywhere. When you're coming into interaction with on this little tournament, yeah. they're uh, they're making some birdies. Uh, well, the players will be teed off by the time they uh, this is live. They will not listen to it. There's probably no one in this list that's ever listened to the My Love of Golf podcast. So, um, <laughs> but if you do, um, yeah, I'm happy to walk around and sprinkle a bit of dust. Uh, the other great thing about this, Nicholas Colsarts. Yeah, yeah, like the. Nicholas Colsart's playing with Jai Picken yesterday. Jai Picken played in the Australia team at the uh, Asia Pacific Amateur. Great young kid mm. from, he's not a young kid, he's a young man from Newcastle. Big flaming ginger hair. I love him. Big, strong, muscly ginger ninja. Love it. Uh, great kid, great fella. Um, playing with Nicholas Colsart's, you know, just, just coming great off the back. Great opportunity. Just coming off the back of a Ryder Cup uh, co captaincy, you know, multiple mm. tour winner, um, the, the Belgian bomber. Lost a bit of weight too. He's looking absolutely trim and taut. Uh, what a great experience to have PGA Tour winner, um, European Tour winner, Ryder Cup winner, major winner, and you know world number one amateur. And there's probably a whole heap of other qualifications in that playing group. Yeah. Back to the point of imagine if that playing group was a little bit expa- more expanded, a little bit more qualified in terms of. But all Australians that were here at this time of year, you know, yep. Nicholas Colsarts is here because his wife's Australian. And he said in his press conference yesterday, we thought that it was a, you know, only fair that it was about time that we spent some time with our Australian family. So it just made sense for us to be here at this time of mm-hmm. year. And when we knew we wanted to be here this time of year, well, of course, we wanted to play in all of these events in this part of Australia. Fantastic. Now, if you're Australian, you've got family in Australia. If you live in America, and you're an Australian golfer on the PGA Tour, you might have Australian family that you might want to spend some time with at this time of year and throw in a couple of tax-deductible golf tournaments. My goodness, it can't be that hard. Well, okay, they're going to pay tax. We know in Australia you pay a lot of tax on your winnings, so that's a bit of a redundant statement. But, of course, all the expenses that you're incurred in you know, generating yeah. income might be tax deductible. I'm not a tax accountant or advisor, so don't take that yeah. as advice as such. <laughs> Seek your own advice for tax. But I'm sure that what I'm saying is it's an effective way of spreading the love to your family yeah. and to the Australian golfing public in the effort to make this game even better in Australia and attract more money, sponsorship, TV. All this chat with Shipnuck and Clates and, you know, what's going to make it bigger? TV. Mm. How do you make it bigger on TV? Money. All that sort of stuff. Um, starts with eyeballs, starts with attention, starts with players. 
There you go. We get the players down here, Roscoe. People will watch it. Um, what else? We we touched on the ball roll back last week. Oh, you know, we sort of breezed over it. Said, yeah, it's happening. Twenty thirty. They've you know, it's going to be rolled yep. back about five percent. But I still agree with a lot of the popular consensus out there that I've listened to that it hasn't gone far enough. And and you know, yes, it's going to help the amateur game a little bit. You know, like. Mm. restricting the distance that it can fly offline and all the stuff that, you know, goes on travelling onto other fairways, creating danger yep. for players, creating danger for houses and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I still think that the pro game should have a bifurcated ball where they are forced to play a tournament-specific ball that travels whatever distance they end up agreeing on, but it's a tournament-specific yeah. ball made to a formula. The brands can all make it to the same formula. They can make whatever ball they want. They, you know, like yep. this whole statements that Titleist and Wilson and every brand's put out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, I, I, if the Masters make their own ball one day, I hope they do. I hope, they, I hope the Masters yeah. make their own ball and they say, you know, the stamping machines in the merch tent – Take your dozens over there, players, and get them stamped with whatever brand you want. Yeah. But that's the ball that you're all going to use. This is the ball you're using. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. Like bifurcation for sure should should have been the solution. Um, uh, let the let the amateurs um have at it, and and I mean let the companies have at it in innovation and like f- make a ball that goes 400 yards for for the amateur. Um, or you know doesn't spin at all or, or, or whatever. Like I'm sure that they've got the the um the expertise to be able to do that, um, so yeah, I mean, why not go both ways? Like create a ball for the pros and and uh, and then um, a separate one for the amateurs. Same goes for the driver, the equipment, the forgiveness. Um, you know, make it harder for the guys uh, at the pro level um, that are so good at it, and and make it easier for people to just enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I don't think actually the ball rollback will have any type of impact on on anyone playing the game, um, whether they you know they're going to play less or, or not. Like I don't think it's going to have that kind of impact on it. People are not even going to notice it, mate. It's yeah. going to be they'll forget about it by the time we get to twenty eight or whenever it's supposed to kick in. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure the manufacturing companies will will um, oversupply, overstock on on the balls leading up to that date and. Maybe lots of the amateurs. Hopefully, they go and stock up and and uh, buy a few years worth of inventory. On the look on reflection, you know, I, in the time um, that we've had to digest it, and I was thinking about it. You know, I'm of the era. Well, I played with a small ball. Small ball was still floating around the dams and creeks of Cessnock Golf Course, and we'd fish them out and we'd play with them. So I played with a small ball. Played with a big ball. Played with the early generation Blatter Serlin covered. Mm. Titleist DT, played with the early generation Pro V1, uh, Spalding, uh, Tour Edition and all of the differences between all of those. I've played with them all, including the yep. small ball, which, you know, unless you're sort of my age, you've been playing that long, you know, you didn't see the the difference between. Now, they had actually small ball was Europe approved and then the big ball came out in the States and then, you know, they had to choose between. They were playing two different balls on two different tours at one stage. Goodness yeah, gracious. Crazy. You know, like. I know it's era gone by and times have changed, Ross, and, you know, like it's the modern era, grow up. But I'm yeah. just saying I've played with them all, experienced them all, and rolling back the ball is not going not gonna to 
change it for me, you, or anyone else that hits it between 200 yards and 300 yards. Um, what I was going to say is if you want to get a perspective on what the peak bodies are talking about and the reasons uh, from their perspective, i.e. the USGA and i.e. the RNA, so Mike Wan is the head of the USGA and Martin Slumbers is the head of the RNA. Solly interviewed both of those guys together uh, on his their podcast this week on No Laying Up. Go and listen to yep. that and you know, you'll hear from the horse's mouth on why they ended up with the decision to do the rollback the way they have. So if you're not sure, listen to that and it's got all the answers from the peak body perspective, not our perspective saying should have been, why not, play with this, doesn't matter. That's the, they're the decision makers, and they give you the answers right there. Um, yeah. And if you want, yeah. What else? Anything else? Uh, what else have I got here, Roscoe? A couple of couple of things. Um, we had uh, Ludwig. Uh, we've had a change in caddies in mm. uh, in the caddy lineups. So I don't know if you saw that, but uh, Skov, uh, Ludwig is um, jumping on the bag. Get jumping off Tom Kim's bag and onto Ludwig's bag. So, um, yeah, Tom Kim's caddy. So a uh, bit of a change to that. I don't know who's taken on Tom Kim's bag, but that's only been a couple of years that he's been on the bag at that at most, what? isn't he? He's Ricky Fowler's yeah. ex-caddy, right? So Joe Scoffin went from Ricky to Tom Kim and now to Ludwig. <laughs> uh, don't know the, I don't know the background, but smart move for Ludwig. You know, Joe Scoffin obviously very, very experienced in majors and the big tournaments and, you know, when you're stepping up into the PGA Tour for your first full year and access to all areas, you know, you want an yep. experienced looper on your uh, bag. And clearly Joe Scoffrin's one of the best. So, um, yeah, I did see that. Uh, you know, it's that time of year when you change jobs. It's not uncommon yeah, to cha- change jobs around the end of the year. You know, look at the employment market in January and there's a lot of people who have moved in and out of jobs. So I yep. can't imagine that caddies are any different. A lot of people changing apparel sponsorships, maybe footwear sponsorships, Roscoe. Well, oh, didn't you uncork a can of worms with those words last week? Mm. You, you, yeah. You so let's see what happens. Uh, let's see what happens this week. I mean, I guess there's a press conference happening in the next couple of days and see what uh, the big the big cat has to say. Um, I'm sure he's going to get asked about it. So from all reports, it's, um, he's going to finish up with Nike at the end of this tournament. So let's see if he gets asked about it and what he says. Has the uh, silence, you know, been um, in a confirming silence from your perspective, from your colleagues over there in uh, Beavertown, Beaverton well, campus? Um, yeah, I, I, I may have put something on Discord, Roscoe, that we might just leave it there and if people want to find out, uh, then then they can head to the Discord and, uh, and check it out. But, um, yeah, let's just say it could be a sad day. Okay. Could well, be a sad day for me. We do have a Discord channel. Um, it's been on hiatus uh, since the, I guess, you know, the Rocket and Caridi era sort of passed and the uh, Scotty and the Roscoe era sort of ushered in, the Discord channel sort of fizzled to a little bit. It stagnated for a little bit. So well, our intention for 2024, and we have a number of intentions, uh, is to really fire back up that community on the Discord channel. So if you yep. want to join Discord, if you know what Discord is, jump in there and you can pop something in there and there'll be, people there to respond and have a chat and throw whatever throw whatever stuff you want to throw around. Um, there's a channel there for everything yeah. that you want to talk about. There's no rule or there are rules. Be polite, don't be rude, all that sort of thing. But um yeah, you can talk about whatever you want and someone's got an opinion. Um yeah. 
Time. Absolutely, mate. Maybe we can get the link out there to uh, to join in. We can get the link out on um, on socials this week and <laughs> see if we can get a few more people in there and and uh, have a chat about what what we're going to do in twenty four and get geared up for for twenty four and um and uh, yeah, get the conversation going. I think the link is in my both Instagram profile bios. So I can I could be wrong. May have taken okay. may have taken it off because it was on on a little bit of uh, Instagram, subscribe, YouTube, LinkedIn, website, disc no Discord. Okay, I'll put the Discord uh, link back into the uh, uh, social channels. But um, yeah, we might do some uh, Discord exclusive uh, giveaways in there, Roscoe. We've got a couple of things from our long drive and uh, nearest to the pin um, giveaways. We've got some Bay Hill stuff for that tournament next year when we are up in and around that tournament. So. Uh, yeah, um, few packages. The prize is prize that's coming up in twenty four. Yeah, so we'll ramp that sort of stuff up. Uh, some stuff from Bushnell as well, and uh, that's right. Yeah, I've got uh, whatever you've got. I've got as well. So you know, well in terms of prizes that we've gathered along the way. Um, Tell you what, Roscoe, you talk, yeah. You mentioned Bushnell there. Um, uh, we were out with Macker on Monday, and uh, he had the new uh, rangefinder. Um, that he was uh, showing me. I don't know the the model name, so I'm not going to do it any justice here. But the technology built into that thing was absolutely incredible. So uh, yeah, they're talking about the Pro X3. The Pro X3 is a sensational unit, elevation, temperature, barometer, and um, who knows where the development of the Bushnell products are going. <laughs> Just come to us, we'll tell you before it's even released. Uh, now the Bushnell Pro X3 is a fantastic unit, Scott. Um, that's the <laughs> that's the benefit of uh, hanging out with. Um, with the Bushnell people, you get to see, touch, and feel it all. And uh, we've given a Bushnell away this year. Who knows? We can give away some, maybe some more Bushnell products as we move forward. Great products uh, from the team. Great supporter. Great supporter of the podcast. Not paid, not sponsored, but um, you know, there's no money. There's no fuckalaki. No fucking Bushnell fuckalakis here. All right, <laughs> <laughs> just to throw a fuckalaki back in there. There's no fuckalakis here, but um, we might might have a couple of watches or something to give away uh, as we move forward. Uh, yes, uh, very good, Scott. Very good. Uh, that's an hour of power. I've probably talked way too much. I apologise if I have um, chewed your ear off again. Not a problem. I've got one more thing in my notes, and we can't go past the uh, the, the fourth out of the last five wins on the DP World Tour by a live um, a live staffer. So Louis Oosthuizen win uh, oh. won the uh, the so Dunhill that, in South yes. Africa. So he's tenth DP World title. Um, over two two shots over Charles Schwartzel, a bit of drama on seventeen and eighteen, but he, he sunk an absolute ripper for par and and to take out the W and beat his mate. Um, but yeah, the top three players on the leaderboard at the end of that tournament were all live staffers. So, um, I, I we've said the last couple of weeks, mate. We think it's we think it's a good thing that these guys are playing in the national opens and their their kind of local uh, tournaments and um, and the the local golf federations are kind of you know, letting them play um, in these co-sanctioned events. So, um, and the DP World Tour has not shied away or has not tried to kind of silence them or anything. So it's it's been um, it's been great to see all of these guys return to their homeland and play and win. To be honest, it's been been really good. I think for golf in in those areas. Now, yeah, uh, Grant Thornton, who won that? Jason, Jason Day and Lydia. Yeah, oh, yeah. We didn't even mention the the Aussie W uh, or the the Australasia. Uh, 
Imagine if they were playing at the Sandbelt Invitational as opposed to the Grant Thornton. How good would that be? Be fantastic, Roscoe. Plenty of New Zealanders playing. Kazuma Kabori, the wonder kid from from New Zealand. Momoka Kabori was the um, finish missed out by a shot beating Cam Davis last year, so she was a leading um, women golfer. Plenty of New Zealanders playing in the uh, Sandbelt Invitational. Come on, Jason. We've asked you before. Come on. What are you doing? Don't hang us out. (laughs) Don't hang us out, Jason. Come back. No, it's good to see him get a win, though. Yeah. It's good to good, yeah. good to see him and Lydia um, get a win, and and uh, I think they had to birdie kind of one of the last holes to to make sure of the win. But they, um, I didn't actually see any of it, Roscoe. Which you, you know, I would any other week. I reckon I would have had a, a bit of a look at it, given the format and um, and the different uh, the different um, yeah formats on each of the day. But good to see those guys get a win hopefully sets up jay day for a big 24 i did like his comment um after when he got asked about john Rowan going to live and he, he said well it's going to maybe give him a few more chances to win um in 24 on the pga tour so i can imagine there's uh, a whole, whole host of pga tour players going see ya yeah see, <laughs> see you later mate bye nice see you see you somewhere See, see, see you them, in, see see in six them. months, John. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that there's there's no tears being shed. Oh, John. Anyway, only at, uh, <laughs> the only tears being shed about John Rama at Pontevedra. Oh, dear. I think so. I think so. Mate, I think uh, I think I'm going to have to go. I've got a heap of stuff to prepare for the last two days of the Sandbelt Invitational. You can get down to Yarra Yarra. You can get down to Royal Melbourne East Course. Uh, I don't think it'll cost you anything to get in and you can see some great golfers and have, have a good time and walk the fairways and do all the stuff yep. that you can't easily do otherwise. If you've never seen Royal Melbourne East Course, so it's playing across the different plots of land so you'll have to cross the road, so be careful when you do cross the road. Uh, if you've never seen it, well, there's a, what a great chance to get out there and have a look around one of the world slash Australia's great sandbell oh. golf courses with um, some fantastic shots being played. Uh, get and check it out. So th- it was 31 today in Melbourne, Roscoe, and windy. It was it's 31 tomorrow. Maybe a little bit of a thunderstorm late in the day, but uh, a bit of wind as well. And then yeah, tw- 24 degrees for their day at Royal. But that that course is going to be baked out after two very hot days. A lot of rain on Monday, sure, but uh, two very hot days. I'm sure it's going to be firing on Thursday. Mate, I felt every bit of the 31 degrees, let me tell you, because I am going for my seventh year straight of a summer of golf without wearing shorts. And uh, I wear it like a badge of honour now. Um, I'm not actually not allowed by Mrs. My Love of Golf to not wear shorts because it's a scary, scary sight. When your legs haven't seen sun for seven years, like literally I very rarely wear shorts like in the sun. I'm not a, I'm not a sun lover. They go a luminous sort of white colour. Goodness, Scott. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. it's scary. So uh, I felt every bit of the thirty-one degrees in my long Travis Matthew pants, um, which I will be wearing the beige colour tomorrow. Maybe I'll, I'll have to look at the, the no, wardrobe. Not the off-white. I don't okay. have any off-white ones. I've got some light greys, but I'm not really carrying the rig at the moment to carry the the off the the light greys. Don't worry. So I'm sticking <laughs> to the dark colours or the fawn. Um, the fawn. I might have to save the fawn for the Royal Melbourne. I think the fawn's more appropriate for Royal Melbourne. One thing. It does sound very Royal Melbourne. To be uh, but yeah, no, seventh year straight of no summer of golf without long without shorts. Oh dear. Might have to get a, a tanning sponsorship. I think I'd be allowed out if I had fake tan. Can a 52-year-old man say he's going to fake tan his legs just so he can get out in shorts? Is that going to hurt our relationship? Hey, that's, uh, I'm, I don't think I'll join that week, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
it's all about my branding too, Roscoe. Right? Like I'm going to be associated. I'm going to pick the brands I want to be associated with. And, you know, I'm not sure that I can tolerate another 31 degrees of walking around holding big heavy cameras. Uh, anyway, we'll give it a go, uh, Scott. Sorry about that. Um, Again, silly. But uh, thanks for listening wherever you are around Australia, around the world. We do appreciate it. And the people that have come up to me and said, oh, day, Ross, how are you going? Uh, I listen to your podcast, love it. And I put my head down going, really? An hour and a half of, yeah, yeah, an hour and a half of dust talking about stuff? Mate, got me the drive up to Shepparton. Fantastic, perfect stuff. Uh, if you are one of those people, if you listen to it in one go, two goes or three goes, uh Every one of you, we love you and appreciate you and uh, you're the reason why we keep coming back and doing it and why Scott signed on another hugely lucrative live-esque contract to continue yeah. for 24, 2024 season. Um, we'll probably try and maybe bang out something between now and the end of the year. I've got the Gary Lisbon book to give away. Gary Lisbon's in Tara Edi and Tiara at the moment, making me even more jealous, taking some great photos. Well, I've got a book uh, from Gary signed to give away. Um, we've got to work that out. We might try and do that before Christmas or around Christmas or... Yeah, let's do that. We'll work it out. But anyway, plenty more giveaways happening. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. Mm-hmm.